I heard a story today um, from my girlfriend's grandma uh, regarding someone that was in prison for 25 years. He came out and he simply, I think Russell Branson had a conversation. He tried to have a homeless person move in with him. Russell Brand or Branson? The comedian or Virgin Mobile? Uh, comedian. Probably Russell, Russell Brand. Russell Brand. Brand. My boy. Yeah. yeah. He had a Who homeless person. a junkie. Yeah. He had a homeless Former. person move in with him. Former, yeah. Former. Um. Hello everyone, this is Caleb Boudreaux, the editor-in-chief of an extraordinarylife.online, and with me as always we have the younger and smarterer and prettier younger brother, Chandler. Yes sir, yes sir. And uh, Morgan. Yes, this is Morgan, the head of marketing and advancement. For what? What? For, for, for what? What are you the head of for, marketing? For, our, for, for this extraordinary life. Fantastic. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's something else. Anyway, so today we have an interesting kind of episode as we are going to be talking about volunteer work. Um, over the past week, uh, Chandler here has decided to um, do some community service just out of the kindness of his heart and... Um, work in a soup kitchen to help. Look at the <laughs> smile. You're you're just such a kind kind young man. You know. I love uh, that you're trying to make this sound good. <laughs> I, re- I, re- I I I I appreciate. That Wait. So you're are you saying that your experience was like just absolutely terrible? I'm excited to share. Okay. No, I'm, excited. I'm excited to hear. So <laughs> yeah, okay. So and, every well, hold on. Let me. So yeah, everyone sorry. here has actually done some form of community service when it comes to food. So... Um, oh, you're talking about, like, all of us, like... In our no. own... Yeah, in our own time, like... Um, gotcha. I've worked with um, a non-profit that... Well, they're not really a non-profit. They're just a family. After um, hurricanes, they go out and they cook, like, huge jambalayas and, like, 55 gallon pots for like oh, first responders and stuff after that. hurricanes so like I've, I've seen i've seen some things like days after a hurricane passed through um both homa and uh lake charles moss bluff all that so uh wow. and then we have chandler and morgan who have both worked in soup kitchens just under different circumstances one's yeah, I- missionary work <laughs> one's chandler yeah. <laughs> so that's I... that's that, well, I was gonna say that's what I'm so intrigued to see the difference like yeah. forced volunteer versus volunteer voluntary volunteer you know can so. I make a quick disclaimer real quick for those who are watching the video so as you guys know I am three years sober but I'm drinking non-alcoholic wine so <laughs> I just wanted to put that out there nice Anyway. Still drinking that cool, refreshing Sprite there, buddy? It looks like a Mountain Dew. Oh, what is that? Uh, ha, ha. Yeah. I've never seen that before. Neither have I. I, uh, I Googled, funny enough. I, so I'm really trying. I'm addicted. I'm going to be honest. You know, you're talking about three years sober. I'm not. You know, I'm really, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm hard on the Red Bulls. So, mm-hmm. so like, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to hop off of them. I'm like one or two a day. Because I'm Red you know, Bulls? Yeah, dude. Oh wow, okay. Yeah, I'm I'm like this is my this is my defense to it, okay? I'm like I'm young, my body can handle it. I'm no, well within listen, can't. wait, 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 wait. I'm well within my caffeine intake. So two Red Bulls is right on the threshold of the amount of caffeine that you can intake. It's my sugar that's kinda taking a fat hit because there's a lot of sugar in a Red Bull. Yeah, um, and the yeah. way that I'm saying it's okay is because I work out and and I do a lot of movement, so I'm processing the sugar a lot more than like someone who's not, you know, someone who's gaming. Yeah, and, but it's and, still the other chemicals that can just throw your I'm, heart. I'm into with you. Like, a... don't get don't get me wrong. I, I said I'm trying to quit. I know it's a problem. Okay, 
So I Googled, because I, I really like the flavor. No, like, no joke, I love the flavor of Red Bull. And so I Googled pretty good. drinks that taste like Red Bull, and this is the one that popped up. So I ordered a case of it, and it does not taste like Red Bull whatsoever. <laughs> um, it's actually off. Like, I, I don't like it. Um, mm. Hold on. Caleb, I think you're muted. Fun fact about Red Bull. It is still – I was clearing my throat earlier, so I muted my mic. Um, it is still wholeheartedly owned by one person. And depending on where you get it, so if you look on the back, there's like made in Austria, made in Spain, made in Switzerland, I believe. But depending on where it's from, it tastes slightly different because they have um, different ingredients. That makes so much sense. That's why you, you won't have two, you won't necessarily have two Red Bulls day after day that will taste the same. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it, it all depends on their country of origin. That's insane. I didn't know that. I mean, it yeah. makes a lot of sense. But yeah, so that, I mean, that's what that is. It's, it's, it's called, excuse me, Garana Antarctica, the Brazilian original. Hmm. I thought he was trying to say like gonorrhea. I was like, oh. G-U-A, I think that's a Urana. R. It's a, it's a type of fruit. Garana. Great. Yeah. Well, back to the uh, homeless people. <laughs> I love how yeah, you say it like that. Them. That is a derogatory term, sir. You say that, okay? But... It's facts. And and I wanted to clear up some things as well, just so we get everything crystal clear. Um, it's been the past two weeks. Uh, I've been I've been doing volunteer, so I work forty nine hours a week, stock standard every week, no matter what. I'm working forty nine hours a week. And I had to fit in 40 hours of community service. Um, you got in trouble or something? Yeah. Well, I mean, well, I think two podcasts ago, right? We got we got into yeah. the, Did the, we? Biggest, the fear. Yeah. Oh, maybe you weren't here. I don't think I was here. Oh, like, no. That was the one leave? where we had Ryan left, and yeah. Perry, and you had to yep. leave midway through. Okay, I'm going to go listen. I'll listen. Yeah, you have to listen. Okay, but, um, okay. But so yeah, this is this is forced. Forced, okay. yeah, one hundred percent forced. I had to get it done before the end of the month. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so I'm so excited to see the different perspectives. Now I think I gained a lot. I genuinely mm-hmm. had it like, yeah. So let's start with Chandler since he's super excited. Recent. It's fresh in his mind. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I really want to do an I really want to do an article about it. Depending on how much I go into in the in the podcast today. Um, that, oh, I, I mean, you can. Um, well, we uh, actually is... had um, last Monday. We actually had a um, well. At the time of recording last Monday, the time of publication two weeks ago, um, we had uh, what's in a job title photographer go up, which was based on the second episode of the podcast. So. Like you can definitely oh, okay. rehash it. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Through an article, because not everybody's going to listen to the podcast. Not everybody has time for that, so they just maybe they're a quick reader. Yeah. So. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Well, regardless, so I, I'll kind of, I'll break it. I'll break it down. What what I'm basically going to be doing is uh, cutting through a lot of the crap, um, and then highlighting and really narrowing in on a few of the things that I noticed and that I pinpointed during my. I I did. Um, I did four eight-hour shifts, one five-hour shift, and one three-hour shift. So a total of six days, six days total at the at the community kitchen, the soup kitchen. Um, and so kind of day one was pretty important for me. Um, obviously first impressions. So I went in and uh. I didn't speak much, right? I wanted to get the feel of the land. I wanted to see how things ran and, you know, it being, you know, technically, it, it wasn't court ordered, um, but being as though... It was I'm strongly it, encouraged. Yeah, strongly encouraged. Being as though I'm doing it for that reason, um, I was kind of nervous, you know, I didn't want to do something wrong and get kicked out or something like that. Um, so it's at 8 a.m. I usually never wake up before 9, 9.30, because I, I go to work at 10.30 every day. If I'm, that's the earliest I got to go to work. So 
already I'm like culture shock here. I'm waking up at like seven o'clock because I'm like I cannot be late to this. So we go and and um, I'm actually with with my girlfriend. My so my girlfriend uh, Carissa. We decided that I wasn't gonna drive because I drive a nicer car. Like uh, it's a BMW X5. It's not that nice, but we didn't want to park it because there's only parking on the street and there's like a lot of people chilling on the street so she was really nervous that it was going to get broken into so we go she's dropping me off um i'm like 15 minutes early sounds a bit but, stereotypey though oh yeah oh yeah for sure well i mean dude if you drove by this like so we go by and we both look at, like we both look at each other and we're like it's squalor bro it's just squalor like just tense posted and this is be in mind i'm gonna set a scene for you this is the community this is the soup kitchen the community kitchen um there's the police office like the, pol- the right in front and then there's like a bunch of o- it's like this weird spot in the middle of downtown that's surrounded by like nice houses on the outside of this circle but this circle is like just overran okay um, it really hit me like when because I, I guess I don't necessarily I'm not around um, a lot of homeless people so I guess maybe that was a big culture shock to me too um, but yeah I go in and I'm just kind of not speaking the day drags I get a 15 they, they do three meals a day um, they do breakfast lunch and dinner and dinner is served from 3.30 to 4.30 um, and me being in, in the restaurant industry anyway uh, I kind of have a feel as to what's going on, but things are run so differently there. Um, in the sense of like, it's not customer oriented. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, and it's well, it's sure. funny because like you would think, and and they there were some really cool homeless people. There were some really thankful. Hey, thank you so much. But the running joke for the six days that I was there was, oh, you don't you don't like your food? Just speak speak to the chef. He'll give you a refund. That was the running joke. And you're joke. making that joke? No, no, no. The kitchen staff are making that joke. Oh, okay. Like, the 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 guys that would come in there, and, and I'm going to keep in mind, they're, they're eating turkey. They're eating pork chops, mashed potatoes. Like, they're eating better they're than eating me. They're eating good, yeah. Yes, they're... Like a vegetable, a bread, and a protein every single meal. Mm-hmm. And it's great food. Um, and they're like, they come in and they're like, I'm not eating that. I, I want that other plate. Well, <laughs> I can't give you the other plate. If I give you the other plate, that gives everyone else the ability to pick and choose what they want to do. So I can't do that, especially when you're feeding 150 people. Right. And then, like, I know, like, the kitchen staff did not really like homeless people whatsoever. That so, like, was, the kitchen staff, are they just, like, regular people that are just cooking? What I know, okay, so there's a main chef and two sous chefs. So okay. The, so the main chef works five days a week. He mainly works mornings and leaves in the evening is what I noticed. Um, and then the sous chefs kind of overlap. One's Sunday to Wednesday, one's Wednesday to Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, and they kind of plan and make the meals and stuff like that. And then besides that, they've got like maybe a total of three grunt workers that are employed there as well. Um, mm-hmm. But besides that, they get volunteers all the time, like upwards yeah. to anywhere from one to maybe five or six oh, wow. a day. Yeah, it's ins- and and then sometimes like there's like different sports teams that will come and volunteer and stuff like that. But this is the perspective difference. That I noticed from the people that are volunteering versus the voluntolders. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Vol- vol- what did you call them? The, the voluntolders. Voluntolders. <laughs> That's pretty funny. So okay. you're a voluntolder. I'm a volunteer. So, yeah, and they didn't do anything. They came in, sat on the line with a fat smile on their face because they felt very happy that they were helping these people. And then they left before any cuckoos came out. <laughs> Yeah. There was a security guard there, and, and mul- like there was at least one instance a day where mm. the Incredible Hulk came through, like wow. just smashing the foot. I had to go in dish pit, and they, they would just throw their plate in the dish, like splattering mm-hmm. food everywhere, like on me. 
and I'm like, bro, are you serious? Like, you just got free food in a nice facility. Yeah. And then, like, this is where I've never been, and it's it's an unpopular opinion, but I've never been sorry for... (laughs) I've never been, like, really sorry for, like, regular homeless people. I understand there's things like mental illness that I'm okay with. I understand you can be homeless with mental illness. Um, I understand you can be homeless maybe coming right out of prison, like right fresh out of prison or jail. Um, there, there's a few exceptions, but like majority what's a of the, regular What's a regular homeless person? I, yeah, the I was majority, about to ask. Yeah, the majority of people down there, this is the kitchen staff just like – just mumbled like not mumbled but like i i didn't speak a whole lot uh, up until the last couple of shifts so i was just listening and this is what they speak about there is facilities there's like five or six buildings surrounding this thing and i i saw a couple people that went through it um a bunch of the grunt workers and 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 one of the chefs actually came up through these programs and started working there and so that's how they got up but these people there's a place for mental illness that will take care of you. There's a place that if you have if you have crime, um, like if you have a history of crimes, they'll take care of you. Um, if you, like, all you have to do is do something. You have to prove that you're wanting something. These guys do not want rules. Like, there's one simple rule. Okay, there's a simple rule to eat food. Leave your bag at the door. Leave your bag at the door. They will come in. The security officer will ask them, "Hey, can you place your bag down before you come in?" And okay, but just just to uh, just for just for perspective, okay, they in this instance to kind of humanize them, yeah. if if you will, they don't. They may not want to leave their bag at the door for the same reason you didn't want to leave your BMW X5 on the street right in front of the building. It's fair, but the only difference is if you don't want to leave your bag there, go work. But they can't. So that's the thing. There's a vicious cycle, right? Who's going to hire you if you look like a ragamuffin? This is the problem. Who's going to hire you if you can't bathe? uh, This is the issue, bro, and I'm with you. Okay. They supply laundromat inside the facility. They supply showers. They supply bathrooms. All you have to do is volunteer eight hours a week, and you can stay in the shelter. You get phone calls, you get TV, you get video games. But to like, them, it may it may be them. Oh, I'm not a charity case. Oh, I'm not. I'm that's not, exactly that's it. But but they don't want like. But they don't want to feel that way. To to some people, the simple act of them feeling like oh these people feel sorry for me that's why they're doing it is enough for even people to not even go to rehab. So for me, I guess that's where the disconnect is then. Because if I was down and there was a way to get up, I would choose the way. No matter what, I would put my pride aside. I would put my dignity aside. I would put anything I have because I don't have much. I would put that aside to get up. But what I'm seeing is that these guys are okay with the situation there. And I think it's because they haven't necessarily seen life the way I have. And maybe they have and they don't want it that way. But, like, I heard a story today um, from my girlfriend's grandma um, regarding someone that was in prison for 25 years. He came out and he simply – I think Russell Branson had a conversation. He tried to have a homeless person move in with him. Russell Brand or Branson? The comedian or Virgin Mobile? Uh, comedian. Probably Russell, Russell Brand. 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 My yeah. yeah. He had a Who homeless person. A junkie. Yeah. yeah. He had a homeless Former. person move in with him. Former. Yeah. Former. Um, and the guy couldn't. Same story with, with uh, my girlfriend's grandma, like she was telling me. The guy couldn't. He's been in prison for so long. It's so difficult for him to adapt to society. Exactly, and that's the, that that's the same thing with, okay, you've been on your own for so long. You've been having to scrounge and live in squalor for so long. How do you go from that to living under a roof constantly? All you that's have to weird. do is work. Cool. We, we've worked our entire lives. Mm. For us, that is 
nothing. Yeah. But also, I want to ask. Um, so Chandler, did you see many cases of people who were homeless coming to the shelter in the soup kitchen that were either drunk or on drugs or had some sort of um, like were alcoholics or drug addicts? Yeah, I'll Was say. That the case? Yeah. Well, they Almost. had they had uh, air purifiers in there that had a light on them and a number. Okay, and so if the mm-hmm. light was green, the air was okay. When someone came in, like, cracked out, and when I said the Incredible Hulk, like, slamming tables and chairs, and we have to ask them to leave, um, it would turn orange. That wow. means they just smoked. They oh, just took a hit. It's insane. You're, at a, you're at a fancy soup kitchen. I, I can't wait to say my experience, but I still want to hear yours. Yeah, now, it wasn't, it wasn't <laughs> well put together. I was going to say, they, you, know, you have, have an to air also... Purifier with... But you also have to think... He lives in a in an unnamed city where they pride themselves on being the cultural and art yeah. center of that side of the state. Yeah. Okay. So gotcha. like Yeah. Like it's not yeah, like in was... LA or yeah, uh, no, like Las Vegas very... or Nevada where it's like or not a Nevada or like a Nashville where it's like, hey, you know us yeah. from yeah. Just, just hearing like you know where we're at. His city is like, okay, if you live in that state, you've heard of that city, but that may be the only thing. Yeah, that literally. may be the well, only reason. Why. Funny enough, we're actually huge in tourism, which is which yes. is insane that I didn't know. Which is funny. Yeah, enough, I've but, actually been to your place and it's um, pretty. But it's awesome. yeah, to continue, like I did have a lot of really good conversations with people. Um, I found that a lot of the chefs and a lot of the employees are really, really cool people. Um, even a lot of the, the homeless guys, like, I mean, and, and when I say homeless, like, I, I'm going to broaden that up a lot, too, um, to not just include homeless people. Because a lot of people I saw come in to the soup kitchen. Um, had a home. Well, had a home, and they were in work clothes. They came in right after work because they were hungry mm-hmm. and they ate. They ate, yeah. you know, peacefully and then left. Because right. minimum wage is a son of a bitch. Literally, and and, and I'm sure inflation is really affecting everything. And the, it it was the people that like, okay, my last day, um, which was today, I was cleaning up trash outside. Okay, right on the front, right on the front, and in the back, um, and I was cleaning it up. And this guy, I had two or three of them specifically, but one stuck out to me heavy. Was like. Why are you cleaning that up? It's just going to get dirty in, in an hour or so. Mm. I wouldn't even pick that up if I were you. And this is a homeless guy walking. This is where he sleeps. And I was like... I, it could also be something mental in the sense that maybe he feels... Like, I'm not, I'm not, I don't know this guy. But, like, maybe it's... um Like, there, there's... You've heard of the the term depression den, dude? Apps. I don't. I've never heard that from uh, ex- expression, but I guarantee I know exactly, and I agree so like, that is a, probably what it is. A depression den is when you're stuck in such a depression that you don't want to leave your room, and you don't want to clean your room because that's the only thing that you can control. So, like, you have pizza boxes, you have. Um, empty Coke cans, empty soda bottles, empty water bottles, like all over. Like you can, if someone walks into your room and you're like, holy. Yeah. So you're saying like, this guy. That's a depression den. It, it yeah. could be the same thing where it's, well, I feel like I deserve this because of the situation that I'm in. Yeah. 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 It could okay, be the I same. It could be a similar mindset. I do want to say I'd like to make a note um, because I, I, I want to talk about maybe and I know this extraordinary life. I want to hear you guys' um, intake on depression because that's another one of those things that it's so difficult for me to wrap my head around. Mm-hmm. Um, but I agree. I think the I think the homeless. I think a lot of them, and I was speaking to like some of them personally when I was cleaning up this trash, like. They have been knocked down and knocked down and knocked down, like, to the point where, like, they it's so difficult for them to get up. Yeah, and I can tell you this. Another way to help your perspective is humanizing. So I, I know 
I know the term is technically homeless people, the homeless people, you know, mm. but at the end of the day, they're still people. Oh, yeah. By giving them the homeless title, you're demoralizing, you're dehumanizing them, which in a way, even though it's just to you, you know, it, it gives, it, it in a way makes it seem like you're more superior than they are just because you have a house. Like So my question is what what term do you call I mean I know you're just people. like you know they're just people You're you're sitting that there helping people okay. that are down on their luck. But this is why I, I'm okay and I get what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. The word is pretty heavy. It okay, is don't get me wrong. It is yeah. heavy. But there is I think it's more of a group word and it sucks. Okay. But by grouping by grouping a ton of people who are down on their luck helps dehumanize them and turn them into a I know this probably sounds like this um, grand idea but like when you group a group of people and you're generalizing all of them it makes it easier for them to seem like they're less than if that makes sense I mean, I, I, I mean, I definitely see where you're coming from, for sure. But, and this is where it sucks. Sorry, I'm spinning my, my camera around. This is where it sucks. Is like, this is where I need to take a second and really put myself into it. It's so difficult for me to because that's how I prosper. Like, I, if you think that I'm not doing good, I will excel beyond measure because I already don't think that I'm doing decent. Right. So if you think that I'm, if, if there's a problem with, with the amount of work that you think that I'm doing, I will go even harder no matter what that means for me. So it's so difficult for me to imagine getting beat down to the level where I don't think that I can get out of it. So yeah. that's what's difficult for me. And, and that's where these guys are. And so it's such a bridge that I'm missing. Yeah. And I mean, I, I constantly, I constantly tell the story. I'm, I don't. I think I've said it on this podcast before, but I, I constantly tell the story of the time where I was out of work for two months, maybe three. Had to work from my apartment just to have a roof over my head, but still couldn't afford food. Yeah, went forty-eight hours with literally having no food because I couldn't afford any. Yeah. yeah. So therefore, do you go to a homeless shelter? Like, why is it called homeless Because shelter, you don't but... have a... So, like, because you don't have a... To be fair, it's not called a... I don't think they're called homeless Yeah, they're shelters. not called homeless shelters anymore. They're just they're shelters. shelters. Yeah. Okay. But well, like, that makes sense. Maybe, maybe the centers. reason why I think of it that way is because I've, I've been through You've not only through that, yeah. but I've been through almost getting evicted. And... Because I had a job where I was on salary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My salaried rate was $15 an hour, which sounds fantastic until you realize that I was putting in 60, 70, 80 hours a week. So I had to consume so much food to stay awake and stay, you know, energized throughout all of that, that I was actually putting myself in debt by working so much because on salary, you get paid for 40 hours yeah. exactly you get paid for 40 yeah. hours whether you you know so i ended up having to go to a food bank and having to go to a non-profit and yeah but see that right there bro to me look at where you're at fucking now you got your own house so like that it's so difficult yes, for me but, to understand but that's the thing so what happened for me wasn't so I started an extraordinary life before that before okay. that happened it was with an extra 20 or so bucks a month that I had mm-hmm. so I was like okay cool what I have now is only here because my dad had a stroke sounds morbid but so you don't think you I, played any part in it so I kind of did, 
that's the thing. So I applied. Well, here's the th I applied for this the job that I have now. Before he had the stroke. Okay. Then once he had the stroke, the position became a bit because I applied for some for the position. They had to hire someone who was out on military leave whenever he came back. So the position was no longer available. So then everything was still there. He had his stroke. And because um, I was my dad's son, they were like, okay, look, we've already interviewed him. Let's just give him a shot. So they gave me a shot. And, you know, granted, I had all of the gaming knowledge. I had the technology knowledge. I had the skills that allow me to take things apart that I've never seen before and put them back together like they were. I had the skill set, but not the opportunity. That all so... changed. Like I went from barely, barely making it with uh, working for waiter to this over the course of a month and a half after my dad had a stroke. This is what this is what gets me the phrase. Okay, I heard it once, and I, that's how I kind of live my life. Luck is when preparation meets opportunity. You prepared, you were ready. The opportunity presented itself, and you slipped in. That's exactly. I could say the same thing. I'm only in my position now because a guy dated one of his coworkers, like the manager that was in the place, dated a coworker, and he got fired. That's the only reason I'm. I started managing at 18 because of that. Yeah, but what I'm saying is like. But I worked my ass off to yeah. put my to prepare. But what I'm saying yeah. is like the everyone that has to rely on those shelters. Yeah. Who knows? Some of them could have been fantastic at what they did, but because they were feeling down on themselves one day let's say that they're a drug addict yeah they felt down on themselves one day well my buddy joe said that i that this would make me feel a little bit better i'll just do it once i see what you're saying and it goes downhill so they will never get that opportunity again yeah yeah so like yeah, that's that's what i'm saying of course so coming from someone who is a recovering alcoholic so there was a time in my life, so I got sober at a very young age, 21 years old. Um, so I'd say I was probably about 19 years old. I was living on my own Hold at on. the time. Sorry, okay. uh, I'll let you finish. But I just want to point out that that is the most aggressively Southern thing I have ever fucking yeah. heard in my yeah. entire life. <laughs> I got sober whenever at it 21. was actually legally allowed to drink. Okay, now you can yes. continue. Exactly. Yeah, I started at 13. Um, so anyway, so I was probably about 19 years old. And I was living on my own because I, I wanted to move out, right? Have some freedom. And I remember choosing alcohol over food. Like, I would have, like, I wouldn't have, I, I remember checking my bank account and I'd have like $5 in my bank account. And I'd go to the Dollar Tree and buy like a $1 item of food and eat that. But I chose alcohol over a sustainable life, if that makes sense. So I That's guess a insane. lot of these people are choosing a lifestyle that, you know, they don't have control over. It's a disease, you know. So they're choosing this lifestyle because of their... I mean, I'm not saying every single person course, who doesn't everyone, have a yeah. home is an alcoholic or a drug addict. But it, I've seen a lot of it. And they are choosing this lifestyle to live over, you know bettering themselves or you know so for for me my life did not get better until I got sober you know I would I would not have graduated college um at 20 I think I was 22 when I graduated college I was gonna flunk out um probably you know just still doing what I was doing just partying and just literally not having any money and I look at where I am now I'm a director um and I've just build my life you know so it, it it comes with and honestly the job I have now I would say came with luck as well I'm not saying that I didn't work myself to that but it's like you know I got hired because so-and-so knew so-and-so who knew me and said hey you should apply and that's what I did so 
Can, can I ask this? Okay. This this might be something. This, hey, this just... is this extraordinary therapy hours, of course. Right. <laughs> this this might be something here, okay? So you have good luck and you have bad luck. So mm. can we agree that luck is prepar preparation meeting opportunity? Can we agree on that? Or no? You don't think so? I, I'm trying to still wrap Sometimes. my head around that phrase, to be honest with you. So tell me a time that you were lucky. Mm. Like your job, you just said that, but you also said that you prepared. So you were ready for whenever. Yeah, I, I was ready for this yeah. opportunity, 100 okay. percent, because so, I was an assistant before I became yeah. a director. And, and let's even let's even play beyond that. Um, and this should answer any other thing that you might feel that you're lucky on. Your life decisions that you made before prepared mm -hmm. you to be able to do that thing that you got lucky on. Okay, I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll give you this, Chandler. Hit me. Hit me. I found a twenty dollar bill on the sidewalk one day. Yeah. Why were you walking there? I was leaving work. You were walking to leave work? Yeah, so working at or the restaurant that I was working at at the time, yeah. we couldn't park in the restaurant parking lot. We had to park in a parking lot two, two places down. So to me, like, I, 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 without knowing any more information, to me, in my head, your preparation for you finding that $20 bill is you getting that job. You actually holding the job and you following the rules. So you had to walk instead of parking there. To me, that's because think about the think about the other. Say you don't follow the rules. Say you don't have the job. You're not getting that twenty dollar bill, right? See, I don't know. Kind I would of, say let's say but... a person. Let's say a person that does not have a home that goes is walking to the shelter and they find a twenty dollar bill. That's a good one. That to me, that's luck. That okay. They just have I mean, a lucky day. That hits. That's what I'm I saying. Know, like, I, I can understand in some circumstances, sure. Like, like if you want to just feel great about yourself, sure. Like, not not you. I'm just saying, yeah, like, in general. whoever wants to feel great about themselves, think about that quote. Awesome. Whatever you want to do in life, prepare. Like, as a as a like as a career look, sure. I will give you a hundred percent. You have to be prepared. To take on the role that you need to be lucky to get sure see my, but my problem is is I, I could still come up with but it's gonna be the same answer and that's what I don't like and that's what I'm not gonna say because to me the same answer would be that homeless guy or, or the person that's going to the shelter so we can help Caleb out here um, just kidding just kidding by the way <laughs> um, he was his preparation was him actually caring about himself enough to be alive and walking to the shelter. But to me, that's not sufficient enough like evidence, so I'm not going to hold it to it. What I was going to use that information for um, is I think bad luck. To me, bad luck is the same thing. Um, if you prepare in, in, in a way that, that puts you surrounded by, say, excuse my language, but shitty people, then you're going to have more bad luck. If you put yourself in, in a thing that you're surrounded by a shitty environment, if you put shitty food in your system, if you do if you do anything that that's not good, I do agree with that. You should you should expect to get bad luck. Like so, but I don't in, know if it's luck same, though. Yeah, it, I would it, say experience. I, I, say I would say it, the word I would use is you would have you have a bad experience. That's the word I would use. And see, I've so because I, luck is just. Luck. I, yeah. I, maybe comes. maybe I don't believe in luck. See, I've I've, I've talked to multiple like store managers. Uh, one of the stores that I was talking to, uh, she was a manager of a Walmart, and they actually had um, someone who had stolen from the store. It was like a lot of food, or they tried to just like run out. Security stopped them. You know, they gave him a chance. They said, look. This is food, obviously. You probably need it to survive. What will it take? Like, and so they offered the, the police officer. Yeah. Bought the food for the guy. Okay. And he was just completely overwhelmed. He, he was just trying to feed his family. Hadn't been, he's been out of work for months. Like, that him being taken to jail would have set him in a cycle that would have. Destroyed him. Destroyed him. That would have just completely 
put him in the same loop that some of those people that you served in the kitchen in, are yeah. stuck in. But because of because of the officer paying for all of that food, now a, a local another local Walmart in the area hired him because the one that he stole from or attempted to steal from didn't have a, a spot open for him. And the manager that caught him takes him to and from that Walmart every day until he saved up enough money to buy a car. So Completely what you're saying changed is, his life. How is that luck? luck. Uh, this is, I was that's, just about to say. How does that fit why. the definition? Because um, my definition, right, is your preparation. He's probably a really good guy. So how many times have you seen people steal and get pissed off at the officer or get pissed off like I didn't steal this I didn't steal nothing I'm gonna get like get the fuck out of my face get it get out of here get I guarantee he was like look man I know I, I know I messed up I, I, I know this is how this is supposed to go I'm, I really have a family and I'm trying to feed to me that's preparation to me you're pre you're preparing to be a good person right because how many times are you gonna hit that bad luck when the officer takes you to jail and puts you in that cycle because you're a dickhead to the officer. Right? Can you see that side? That's where my brain immediately goes. Like, that guy was probably a stud. That guy probably held himself really well and wasn't giving that officer any So you're bullshit. saying that if he would have been an asshole to the police officer, would the he police officer got still... Luck. He probably yeah. would have been like, no, way no that I'm not buying you no your way. food. He would have just, you know. Yes, no way. So actions, I guess, is... Preparation. Preparation. And this is where I go back to my previous statement. If, if, if that definition doesn't fit luck in any scenarios... I will I will probably admit that I don't believe in luck. Okay. If if there's a scenario that that doesn't fit for, um I'll say that I don't believe in luck. I don't believe in random absolutely no way. Like to me my brain will always formulate a path from where mm -hmm. that event took place. So it's difficult yeah. for me to believe in random. So luck. let me give you this scenario. Okay, I'm just going back to me Hit being me. sober because yeah. it's my, a big part of my life so I show okay so this is like years ago I show up to work drunk one day okay okay and this woman comes up to me and she's like hey are you okay and I'm like no I'm not and she's like you're drunk aren't you and I was like yeah and uh she was like hey listen she was like I've been sober for two years like I can get you help if you need yeah and so you know we went to an AA meeting together like the next week and I've been sober ever since. So if she would have never walked up to me, would I be sober today? I don't know. Yeah. Can you I ask you? Yeah. Can I ask you what your relationship was to her previous to this? So, so we were coworkers. Yeah. And this is a girl much. that we we barely talked to each other. Yeah. Like we worked in a restaurant together. We were both servers. We barely had a relationship. Were like a, she was just. Were you a good go employee there? Yes, I was. I was a head server. You see where my head's going? So, you were so I'm going to... <laughs> hold on. So this is my thing. This is exactly Chandler, go and then Caleb, because yeah. I want to hear. This is exactly where my head's going. You were probably such a fantastic employee, even if you kept yourself and didn't speak. Your your energy that you're giving off mm -hmm. would have been different, would have changed. And if you would have never been as wonderful and great as you were before to get into that position, that lady mm -hmm. would have never known a difference. That lady would have never stepped in and tried to help you out because she would have never saw that you were acting different. You set yourself up to be such a successful person that as soon as there was some type of alteration, somebody mm -hmm. was like, whoa, something's going on. Maybe I yeah. can help. So yeah. that's where my head and, – and I get where you're coming from. Maybe mm -hmm. maybe it is lucky that she did step in when she did, but my head – Well, I, like, honestly, maybe preparation was part of it because I think she had noticed a pattern yeah. of me coming into work – you know, kind of buzzed a little bit. Yeah, but she's she seen finally, you act. But she's seen, but she's seen, you seen act me act normal and yeah. sober before. Yeah. So to me, that's you prepared. You prepared yourself. You said like you didn't. And not only that, let's go back to the to the guy cussing at the police officer. You weren't a dick to every fucking person you worked with. Mm -hmm. So like, if you were if you were a jerk off to every person that was around you, you should never expect for someone to come out and willy nilly help you out. 
Like it, it won't happen. That's it won't happen. You you prepared by being a decent human being. Mm-hmm. Caleb, what, what are your yeah. thoughts? So, uh, you're probably gonna laugh at me, Chandler, but um, oh, hit me up, dude. There, there's an idea in psychology called illusions or delusions of reference, or ideas or delusions of reference. Okay. So, ideas or delusions of reference are perceptions of an individual that appear as if stimuli in the environment are directed towards them and referencing them specifically even though they are not. Essentially, taking things that have nothing to do with each other and finding a way to make them fit into a puzzle that have no meaning of actually fitting. I I see what you're saying. I understand the phrase. I disagree. I'm not saying that that is you. It's just no. I disagree the way with that, that statement like, even, whatsoever. No, no, no. So like, it is actually a proven thing in psychosis and schizophrenia. Like well, the reason I'm saying that, and maybe no, I'm just maybe saying like no, no, no. I'm just saying it, it's what comes to mind whenever yeah. we're giving you like these things that are just like I'm just making there's it. There's no way. Yeah. Like you're you're taking what you but, want to fit, and then you're finding a way to make it. Fit like a glove. You see I'll say saying? two things. I'll say two things. And then we have to get some Morgan's experience because we're yes. already on for 45 minutes. <laughs> so, two, so two things here, okay? Um, one is I think everything, maybe this is why I think the way I do, but I think everything in the world is connected. 100%, I think everything is intertwined. I think the, and, and it's weird when you say it, people think you're weird, but I think energy is a big thing. Like when you walk mm-hmm. in a room and no, no one's I in there. I agree but, with yeah. you. I really so I think I that statement to me I don't agree with that that definition because it's impossible for things not to correlate. I believe in the butterfly effect all the way. I think everything happened because something else happened. For every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. Um, so that's where that is. See, I so, can see that, but like this is more. Like I said, this is just what comes to mind whenever yeah, you're yeah, yeah. making things fit that don't seem to fit for anyone else but yeah, no one else are making these connections and it's the same thing that happens with people who subscribe to a lot of conspiracy yeah because like, it's it's like a rabbit hole the more you believe in you're, in multiple conspiracy theories the more you're apt to fall from even more because your your mind is trained to find things that don't fit together and fit together because technically speaking if a circle hole is big enough you can fit a square through it yeah yeah doesn't mean that's where it goes so i'll tell you right now and i'll tell you what conspiracy theory i believe in which allows oh, me goodness. to go which Mandela allows effect. listen well no to, that allows me to go deeper and deeper into these things just like you said i love how you put that i don't believe in things and this is where i heard the very controversial i take snippets from him okay so don't go crazy like my girlfriend goes crazy don't go crazy the the, the great no Andrew Tate. oh good god <laughs> but listen here i take i take a few things that he says okay so like i don't believe in things that can put me down okay i don't believe in things that can because if i give power to those things then I'm allowed. But you to, know like, he's not the first one to do that, right? Uh, sure, the, I he's the first person I heard that from. Okay. okay, and that's that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying like I'm not saying his he's a great person. I'm not saying everything he does is great. Don't let's that's not snippet nothing. Okay, specifically saying there's things that he says that I like. Okay, that's how I'm who, wording. Who is this again? Andrew uh, Tate. I never heard of him. Seriously? So never, no. He's one of Andrew the Tate is most a psychopath. He's one of the most controversial. Basically, um, he's I've never he's, heard of him. He is a guy who is attempting to bring power back to masculinity in ways that um, society is trying to de like. They're trying to take away what it means to be a man. You know, they're they're trying to mm-hmm. uh, like. We're probably. I feel, on, like, so, I feel like this is a rabbit hole that. Yeah, could, I'll, I'll send you. Know? I'll but, send you like a couple, like a documentary series about him. Okay. It's, it's, eh. But th- this is. Can you agree, like, with that statement, or no, not really? So, kind of, but at the same time, like I said, it's not. 
He's not the first one to say that. Okay, take him out of the equation if I would have never said that. What I said, do you well, Let's say if Chandler made it up and he yeah. said, So, you know, if, if you said, like, okay, yeah, yeah, nothing on this world, on this earth can hurt me. No, no, no. I'm saying I do no, not believe. Don't, he doesn't give power to something yeah. that... Okay, like, like, so, like, like that's depression. Old, that's also like, an old Buddhist principle, right? Uh, no, I'm... Take I'm, it. I was about to say, take Andrew Tate out of it. Okay. Once again, like I <laughs> said, okay, that just is clarifying. Also... <laughs> just clarifying. Just clarifying. Okay. I feel like I need to be in the middle of the screen. Like... Right. <laughs> I think uh, we're on opposite spectrums of the whole thing, too. I think we both think there are things that he does that are bad. It's just the amount of things that he does that are bad, I think we're maybe a little skewed. But, like, so it's, it's sort of a... Um... But yeah, it's a perspective Buddhist, thing. Like, yeah, I, I like the I like the Buddhist a lot, actually. Um, so it's so to them it's you. So like, if you have a car, if your car breaks down, yeah, it is not your fault. It is not your problem. It is the car's fault. It is the car's problem. You will help the car fix it. You like you will fix the car so that it is no longer the car's problem. But while it affects you, it is not your problem. Okay, I Does really. That make sense? I, I was gonna decline that at first, but how you brought that back, I agree with. Mm-hmm. So it's not your it's, problem. It's your mindset. Yeah. It sure yeah. it affects you, but it but is not, not your, your problem. problem. It's yeah. the car's problem. Yeah. You just have like to help the car resolve its problem before yeah. it can help you. Yeah. So it's not a burden on me. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly how I think. I would say, AKA, like the people that you're helping in the shelter too, like. Their problems aren't your problem, but yeah. you're here to help, you know. So that's so, what I, that's what I was getting. We are 51 minutes into this, and uh, we went on a wild goose hunt tangent. Like so, we always uh, do. Morgan, how about you go? Uh, have a, okay, mine mine's your... very short, honestly. Like just to compare, so I was actually in one of the poorest cities in America. It's called Gallup, New Mexico. And they have an extremely high rate of alcoholism and drug abuse. Um, And so this was a missionary. It was a Catholic missionary that I went on. So we worked with the Missionaries of Charity, which is Mother Teresa's order. So it's basically like an order of nuns that follow suit from Mother Teresa. Mm. (coughs) Excuse me. Um, And so... These women are from India, Bangladesh, you know, the Middle East, and they are the cooks, they are the security guards, they are, they run the whole place by themselves, and then they rely on volunteers. So basically, um, the people that come to the shelter, because it's a shelter slash soup kitchen, it's all connected into one, and these people come and they line up, and these women are like five feet tall, they have like they literally just have like their headdresses on and that's it like they don't have i I mean i don't know what the security guard has at the place that you were at like if they have like a bro is no bro is strapped like so the vest like like security vest like bulletproof no these women these women are literally like they're relying just like on the holy spirit that's what yeah so they like you know they they uh search their bags their pockets they ask them to empty anything out there was one guy that had like a, a knife on him and she was just like nope and she like took it away confiscated it um they came with you know bottles of alcohol same thing she's like mm, nope you can't have this and would just throw it away yeah so they just kept coming in with you know all this contraband and they just would search and be like nope and we only had like three guys with us it was mostly women on the trip and so the guys were once again not uh strapped or armed or anything so they were you know like i don't i didn't really watch the whole process of them coming in but i'm assuming they like you know patted them down and you know asked them to dispose of their contraband and um so yeah these women were cooking they were cooking amazing food actually it was all like this like fresh vegetable soup it was like indian food that they were cooking for them um and I just remember, so like being a server, you know, I was I was all up in that. So like I just remember like serving them, getting the food out really fast, and just being like super friendly. Um, and there were actually a good bit of like re- like retired veterans that were there. Like they had their caps on, like Vietnam veteran, um, which kind of made me a little upset. Like because my grandfather's a Vietnam vet, 
And I just couldn't imagine him just, like, being in a shelter. I don't know. But, uh, so, yeah, I just, uh, they, for the most part, they kind of just kept to themselves. Like, they were a little bit rowdy outside. Like, there was a fight that broke out. There was blood everywhere. Um, But for the most part, they kind of just ate. They got their number for their bed. And um, that was really it. There wasn't much, like, ruckus or anything. Hmm. But but it could it could just be maybe how the sisters were running the place because they're very respectful to them. They yeah. really are. Even though they tried to bring in, you know, contraband, they're not going to fight with a nun. I, and I don't know, maybe it's because they were a nun and they're like, I'm not going to fight a woman. L- <laughs> so. like, well, and it's a big respect thing, too. It's like someone mm-hmm. like, someone like the, the nun, for instance, like is seen as, you know, a, a really close to God someone mm-hmm. with with a lot of authority and a lot of respect even that person is willing to to stoop down and give the lowest of low respect so that yeah. means so much that gives so much more respect like between them no way you know it's like a millionaire coming to give you a compliment like you're not going to spit on the millionaire mm-hmm. you know yeah i just um i don't know it was a, it was a great experience you know we did it for 2 weeks um like three days out the out the two weeks, so I did like the same amount of time as you, like six days total, and uh, it, I mean it, it's something that sticks with me. I mean there was times where I'm not gonna lie, I was afraid. I'm like I'm a woman who doesn't have any protection on me. I, I'm with men also who don't have protection on them, like you know a taser, a gun, or you know whatever. Um, so it was kind of nerve wracking, but it but it was an overall great experience to just serve others and them just being very thankful yeah what's happening oh we have some technical difficulties i knew we were gonna have we usually have one at like at least every episode come yeah, on man okay. seriously <laughs> but what's um happening here? yeah and mine's kind of the same there morgan like um most of the people that we served were either first responders or people just trying to get their lives back on track mm-hmm. um, because they just either lost their house, they lost everything, they're trying to clean out their house so they can figure out what needs to be repaired, what they can salvage. Yeah. Um, we gave food and water, you know. Um, yeah. And it's, it's just, it, it's interesting seeing it puts things into perspective with um, with how you see people at their lowest and most vulnerable. Yeah. That kind of puts your life in perspective. Yeah, it really does, honestly. So, yeah. Yeah, and every and honestly, like every case that you know we've each experienced are, are all different. You know. That's so interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, and it's like you get it's like you get more out of what you give oh definitely does that make sense Chandler I don't know it looks like you made a face like huh? so I'm yeah, his, to... his computer <laughs> his camera's like all below all behind I get what you're saying though I definitely get you said you um, you get, get you more give. out of what you give yeah Cameras. Yeah, the camera's bothering me. <laughs> um, yeah, well, we like, can... oh, what? Sorry, I was just, I was just gonna say to rebuttal. I know the freaking. I'm just not gonna look at it. I'm just not gonna look at it. Um, but like towards the end, when I started to speak more, um, I definitely felt uh, there was some love there. What you know, mm-hmm. I started it out. I was gonna kind of bring it back, but we got on that tangent. Um, in the beginning, I really just thought there was like an animosity between the kitchen staff and and the, the people without homes, um, but in the end, like there's these people are doing this for a reason. They definitely don't get paid as much as they deserve, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's very it's very very cool to see, especially w- when you get to see like there's people that come into the shelter um, that have been homeless and have come before. Uh, and now they're up, so it's super cool to have have gotten to meet those people that have come through the trenches, you know, mm-hmm. and now yeah. work at the shelter and and have all their stuff. And it's all about giving back. Like they were helped at their lowest. Exactly. It was such a cool perspective. Like 
they're they're still there when when they don't have to be you know yeah i feel like everybody gets something out of it like they like they get something out of it you get something out of it you yeah know? yeah yeah as as if as is everything i think yeah pretty much it's all wow. about perspective and experience. Always comes back to perspective. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. So, sure. well, guys, I think that's where we can just about call it and wrap it up. Um, yeah. I love I love the technical difficulty podcast. Yeah, I'm just gonna sh- I'm just gonna <laughs> shut it. I'm just gonna shut up the camera. <laughs> okay. Well, guys, this has been the tangent podcast episode number eleven. Eleven. Yeah, I think this is number eleven. Is that the um, name of it? Tangent? No, it's actually this, no, this extraordinary is, life. This extraordinary life. No, 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 no. I'm saying the episode of the the, the name of the episode. No, it, no. I think he's just we've, we've being just a gone sarcastic on. asshole. Yeah, uh, I'm be being myself. Title. You know, just 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 let me be. Okay. All right, all right. It's a good title. Is all I'm saying. It's a <laughs> the tangent podcast. The tangent podcast. I'm saying to the title to the podcast we just the, the episode title yes right. yes <laughs> yeah, yeah there we go there we, go. there we go well as always i have been caleb boudreau then we have chandler the man the myth the prettier m- most smartier smartier i, I really need to nail that because it's my slogan now <laughs> <laughs> and morgan and this is Morgan.